Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is your typical radio ad while eating a Crunch Bar. This is Automatic of Auto's Used Cars. This weekend only, we're having a whale. Bring the kids. See for yourself. It is huge. Gonna make a big splash. No other dealer can say they have a whale like this. When things sound dull, turn up the fun with Crunch. We've decoded the intel from the First Order spy, and it confirms the worst. Somehow Palpatine returned. Hello, welcome to Unequal Sequel. My name is Dave, and I'm one of the two hosts of this moist podcast. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> moist just made me chuckle. <laughs> and I'm Rich, and I'm the other host of this moist podcast. Think of me as Sandy to Dave's Danny Zuko. He's endlessly cool, and I dress in leather and change everything I am for my man. <laughs> It's very good. Uh, the premise of Unequal Sequel is very simple. We ask our guests their best ever sequel, their worst ever sequel, and finally their dream sequel. And of course, we'll quite often drift off and talk about maybe other movies and sometimes life in general. And we do love to drop big fat spoilers to those movies. So if we mention a movie you haven't seen and you don't want us to spoil it, most of them are they're quite old, but sometimes they're not, uh, go away. Go, go clean your trainers. You know, go. They need a good scrub. Then come back. And it will all be over, and we can get back on with the rest of the episode. Because on today's episode, we are joined by James Dyer. James is the digital editor-in-chief of Empire magazine, and you'll also recognise his voice from the Empire podcast. And he's also the host of the Pilot TV podcast, talking about brilliant TV. Definitely worth a listen. We're very excited to sit down with James and chat all things sequels with him. These are James Dyer's Unequal Sequels. Enjoy! Can you remember the first sequel you got excited about? Oh, Christ. I'm very, very old, so no. Uh, first sequel I got excited about... See, it wasn't The Empire Strikes Back, because I was so young when I watched Star Wars, I didn't understand the concept of sequels, and I, I skipped Empire Strikes Back and went straight to Jedi, because I was an idiot, because children are like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that wasn't something that excited me. I There will have been... It will have been something really, really like awful, like something really shit... Uh, from when I was a kid, I have no doubt. But I know the sequel I was most excited about was, as I think is true for a lot of people, would have been The Phantom Menace. Yeah. Because mm. that, for me, was the first 
time I recall cinema being like a transcendent cultural event. Like it was like Star Wars is coming back and oh my fucking God. And like, and it was just like you were counting down the days. I mean, obviously it ended in mild disappointment, but but like you were counting down the days till this thing. And it was this, and like the trailer, remember the, the, when the trailer went online? Yeah. And it, obviously due to the year, it was 99, not everyone had the internet yeah. back then. So I didn't have broadband. So it was the first trailer event on the internet where everyone was downloading this trailer and watching this trailer. And yeah, I was consumed by it. So back in 99, I was working as a website designer for us at Empire. And I remember just watching this at work and being like, oh my God, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> and it wasn't. Oh, I bet oh, at your yeah. job, did you have good internet then? Because when I tried to download it in 99, it took about four days for me. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's if I'd been at home, it would have been. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was just a joke. Oh, I can see a droid. They've got droids. And then you wait a little bit longer. You're like, what the fuck is that monster thing? It was, it was crazy. Were you, I'm guessing you're a big Star Wars fan by that point in 99, though. Oh, I'd been a Star Wars fan since birth. I was literally on set of uh, The Empire Strikes Back. I didn't see the film, but I was on set of The Empire Strikes Back when I was like four years old. So, um, wow. yeah, Star Wars has been in my DNA for a very, very long time. What, what set, can I ask? It was the Hoth set. So there's a picture of me. Uh, in fact, if you look on my Twitter profile, there's a picture of me with R2-D2 at Echo Base. Although, it's frankly, it's in an office behind Echo Base. How so is that not on the wall behind you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's true. Uh, but no, uh, there's a picture of me on the in the cockpit of the Falcon. There's a picture of me outside the Falcon. And then, of course, the one with R2-D2. So. That's incredible. Uh, it was quite exciting. I remember none of it, obviously, because I was four. But, you know, but it's nice on the parents taking pictures. Oh, yeah. and then actually yeah. keeping the pictures because my parents would exactly. just they would lose them yeah. Um, <laughs> completely out the window uh, so the build up to uh, Phantom Menace you, I'm guessing you're really excited properly mm. excited did you buy yes were you into the like the whole thing did you get all the toys from like Kellogg's and all the the Tazus from the, the Walkers I did collect the Tazos but not the Phantom Menace Tazos I completed the Tazo collection for the special that's edition that's the ones I was thinking about in yeah. 97 yes and they came with a little the little uh, cardboard little lever arch file thing that you had still you got it. it up and you put your little Tazos in and they came with like now I remember the different Walkers but they had Doritos now Doritos are properly horrible and so it shows the dedication I had to Tazos that I actually bought the fucking Doritos just so I could finish the collection. I wasn't allowed Doritos so I never I never got those ones Why weren't you allowed Doritos they were too pointy I'm not quite sure, I don't think my parents believed, I thought they are from America or somewhere um, I don't know this new found crisp that came from they were very much walkers like shaped crisps that's fair that's fair um now i'm an adult i go crazy on doritos i think uh, chili heatwave is probably my favorite so you've seen phantom menace now uh how was the how was the experience going through it was it instant love the first viewing and then since you've got older a bit or was it instant hate oh it's my relationship with the phantom menace has got quite complicated to be honest with you so when i first saw it and i remember i saw it at the view cinema in harrow on the hill uh, and it was the day it opened. And I remember people have been queuing all day because I'm a terrible human being, because I'm the absolute worst. I joined the queue. I saw that I was at the very back of the queue. I saw they were going to open the door soon. So I walked to the front of the theater and went, excuse me, where's the toilet, please? And I, mean, I was just, just through there. And they were, the toilets were near the screens. I knew that already. So I went into the toilet and I just stood in the toilet doorway and waited till they let people in. And then I nipped in first. And I was so in. <laughs> I, yeah. So I was first in the screen, even though I was one of the last to arrive because wow. I am that horrible a person. <laughs> but, uh, but that aside, I did actually enjoy the screening when I saw it. Like, I, was a, I wasn't, it wasn't epic. Like I was like, Star Wars is back. The Jewel of the Fate stuff was amazing. Yeah. So mm. I was buzzing. Like, I wasn't crushed by it. 
And so since then, I actually carried a torch for that film. And I said, you know what? Phantom Menace is good. Phantom Menace is good. Phantom Menace is good. And I kept saying it. And me and Chris Hewitt used to defend Phantom Menace like all the time. And then it was re-released in 3D. Mm. And we went to the screening, me and Chris and Helen, we, we went to the screening of Phantom Menace. And like, we came out of it and there was just silence. We went to, we went, if I remember, we went to a restaurant after we went to eat and we just sort of sat in silence. And then Chris just turned to me and went, yeah it's not very good is it I was like, no no it isn't it's really not very good and i was crestfallen by it but since then i've come full circle yeah. because i re-watched the prequels i, I mean i've rewatched them many many times but there was a point where i re-watched them sort of the most recent time i rewatched them and, and kind of with all of the baggage and all the various things kind of on board and I, and I looked at it and i was like it's not good, not great, but there's good stuff in it. Mm. And I think The Phantom Menace has the best stuff of all three films in it, and it has some of the worst stuff. So it's got a really big swing between qualities. Uh, but broadly speaking, and it lags in the middle quite a lot, but, uh, I mean, it's it's not that bad. It's actually pretty good. Whereas Attack of the Clones is kind of hateful. Mm, yeah. And so I was just like, mm. and Revenge of the Sith, which you remember as being the best of the three, you rewatch it, you're like, you know what? This isn't great either. So actually, even though Phantom Menace is flawed, I do think it's the best of the prequels. I think hmm. it's it's Phantom Menace, Revenge of the Sith, then Attack of the Clones as Lost. That is, and now I'm, now I'm prepared to just stand by that. That's now my final resting place on those films. You heard it here first. Um, I think we might agree <laughs> with you. Uh, I've come up, I think like, so. I think yeah. full circle a little bit with um, hmm. Phantom Menace as well. I can't defend Attack of the Clones. That I think no, I no, think it is awful. It is awful. We've had Chris on the uh, the podcast and him defending his <laughs> his famous review. Um, Revenge of the Sith, I quite enjoy uh, in places, but yeah, I think looking back on it, Phantom Menace has got hard. Been it got bullied quite a lot, and yeah. mm. it should be quite proud because he got a lot whole new generation into Star Wars. We've spoken to a lot yeah. of people who are that age when they were young and watched it and absolutely love it, uh, like completely dig it from start to beginning uh, i can't get on board with that because i don't like the kid um who's in it Yippee! Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not good it's not his fault he's only little come on <laughs> he's not great but i will put it to you that jake lloyd is significantly better than Aiden christensen was true very uh, true my you've grown <laughs> more beautiful that is oh, oh god uh, kill me it's just oh excruciating and that i hate sand line um, I hate sand oh, it gets yeah. everywhere <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad oh yeah i made the mistake of letting my son we, we watched all the star wars movies and uh he thinks attack of the clones is his favorite um so I mean, look, we've all been there I failed <laughs> as a been, parent. we've all been to that place i failed as a parent and i'm just gonna give up now <laughs> he's only seven i'm hoping he's gonna grow out of your, it. your son's got a horrible taste in movies he does like. he does have horrible taste in movies yeah that's true i hope he doesn't listen yeah. to this um were, were you um were you a video uh, vhs guy back in the day renting a lot from the uh... oh god yeah yeah all the time i was like um, i've owned star i've owned so many versions of the star wars films i had the original four three vhs tapes i remember when they first came out in widescreen yeah. mm. uh, and i remember they were 15 quid each which doesn't sound a lot but like back when they came out that was a <laughs> shit ton of money and then i got the thx mastered ones and i got the special edition ones you remember you had the gold ones which were the four three special and then the silver ones which were the 169 ones Obviously, I only got the 16.9 ones. And then I had the DVD set. Then I had the the Blu-ray set. And obviously, I've got the 4Ks. Like, it's, I've got so many versions of those films. So when I downloaded the despecialized edition 
of it, which is technically a pirate version of the film, I was like, do you know what? I have fucking earned the right to watch this because I have bought so many versions of these films that if I want the unedited original theatrical versions in high definition, then God damn it, I'm entitled to them. Uh, so I did, I have watched the, the mainly it was for an article. I wrote an article. I wrote a piece on the, the website about different versions of Star Wars and I watched the despecialized editions for that. Uh, which I was quite impressed by. There's also uh, scans of the original 35mm prints out there as well. Oh, right. Okay. Um, where, they, where they've been lovingly restored in 4K and they've gone through it. I mean, it's cost a fortune. These people have, have like frame by frame cleaned up and restored the original 35mm print. Wow. Uh, and released it in 4K. And, and like they've been very open about it. And bless them, which I think is lovely of Lucasfilm. They have not shut them down. Oh, they good. have not issued a cease and desist. There's been no DMCA issued against them. They've kind of just been a, allowed to get on with it. And I wonder whether it is because mm. it's kind of a labor of love and they're clearly fans. They clearly love it. They're not profiting off it in any way. No. Um, but I thought when Disney bought the rights to it, the stuff like that would get stopped yeah, me immediately. Too. And it hasn't, which is actually, I think, speaks very well. Of so are they your go-to yeah. versions now? Or do you just... What, what? Uh, I suppose, yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. I like, I'm, I'm quite old school. So... I I would take the original 35mm prints really, I think, over anything else. The Despecialized Edition is actually quite impressive. I don't know if you've ever read up on it, but they've compiled it from the DVD, the original Laserdisc, like the 35mm the print as well. Like they've used part of that as well. So you get the best of both worlds where you get the tidied up images, yeah. like the cleaned up shots and fixed bits, but you don't get any of the nonsense because... Like, the special editions work and they don't work. Like, the new effects are nice, but I think the model effects don't date, so I don't no. think you need those new effects. But the added scenes, I would argue, detract. Certainly in the first one, where you've got that Jabba the Hutt scene, which repeats, almost beat for beat, exactly the themes of the previous Greedo scene. So it's utterly mm. unnecessary. Yeah. Obviously, we're not even going to get started on Greedo shooting first, McClunky, all of that absolute <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> you know, it's like any court in the land would have acquitted Han Solo for preemptively shooting Greedo. Like, Absolutely. you don't need to get tied up in moral you know knots over that so yeah so and and the less said about the excision of yubnub at the end of return of the jedi the better but uh <laughs> yeah if for yubnub alone i would go with the original theatrical beautiful which i have on dvd because uh one of the box sets i don't know if you guys remember one of the dvd box sets that came out actually came with the original theater yes it did. On there. i think we, we yeah, had and it was it was a it was right. a fuck you from George Lucas to the fans because he was basically showing that the special editions are better because he was like, here's the special edition in glorious HD. I think it was, was it DVD or was it the Blu-ray set? I forget. Either way, it was all tidied up. And then he gave you the original theatrical, really grainy, none of it tidied up. I think it's in stereo, like all of it. So it's the shittiest possible version of it <laughs> was his way of saying, see, you don't really want this, do you? And then if you look for how much those started going on eBay, the answer was, yes, we did. And yeah. yes, we did. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I should look at so, that because I probably have that edition somewhere back behind it. I'll bet you do. Yeah, That I'll, is the edition that we had in my house when I was yeah. a kid. You know, I'm 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 100% sure of it. It had both versions. And we could watch the version that didn't have, like rubbish force ghosts and stuff at the end and indeed you know, yeah. oh but the thing is and I, I wrote again i wrote a whole article on this it's like it doesn't work on any level because those original trilogy ones are designed to be watched after the prequels otherwise hayden christensen turns up as a force ghost and you're like who the fuck are you <laughs> yeah. genuinely what the fuck is this mullet wearing i've never seen you before why are you there i don't understand what's going on so like so that makes no sense if you then start with the original trilogy which of course you have to do because if you start with the prequels then the greatest twist in the history of cinema makes no fucking sense because mm. you you already know darth vader is luke's father because you've literally seen him you know grow up 
Shag Padme have twins. Like, this is not new information, and therefore it ruins Empire Strikes Back. So, you know, I feel, I'm, and again, there is a whole article I wrote on this subject. I feel very strongly that you start with my, my preferred viewing order is original theatrical four, five, six. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then one, two, three. Yep. Then special edition four, five, six. Brilliant. Oh, then okay. seven, eight, nine. So I call it the time machine edit. So it's like you go back in time and you watch those original theatrical ones, which are hard to get hold of. Uh, and then, so that that maintains the twist in Empire. And then you go back and you watch the original ones, the, the not the original, the sorry, the prequels. And you go through, and then you segue into the special editions, which then they make sense nice. off the back of those. Yeah, and then you yeah. go into the the sequel ones. So it's a uh, you know, yeah. it's a twelve film set instead of a nine but still when i when i started uh, dating my now wife i wanted her to watch star wars i was like you have to watch mm-hmm. star wars and there's no way i could have got her to do the prequels before the new ones because she wouldn't have, she wouldn't have watched them she no i mean i was like i'm gonna show you something decent first and then mm. show you the tat and it it works she now has watched star wars and likes them so good job there <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is your best ever sequel? See, the best ever sequel, not mine, this is the best ever sequel, I maintain, <laughs> is Aliens, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, but for me, like, it's that, and then it's Terminator 2 as a close second. And then Agreed. Godfather Part yeah. 2 comes third. Um, Terminator 2 is a spectacular sequel for all the same reasons that Aliens is, uh, and because Cameron is the man behind it, because they both take things which are nearly perfect and build on them without trying to reinvent them yeah. and without mm. trying to remake them. And they both shift genres entirely. Uh, one takes a you know Monster in the House horror movie and turns it into a platoon movie. The other one takes a kind of slightly horror stalker movie and turns it into a broadly family-friendly kind of like emotional growth, you know, part odd couple buddy comedy, yeah. part father-son thing, like with a love story at its core. Uh, there's a lot going on in terms of the nuclear war scene and you're kind of pretty family friendly movie. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, it's, I mean, it's magnificent. Um, but yeah, but aliens is, is my first love. Uh, frankly, of all films, sequel or not, uh, I've I've been obsessed with it since I first saw it when I was far too young. Um, How, when, who, why? Rented it because just to be a massive twat, I was on set of Alien as well. <laughs> uh, my, my aunt, my aunt was an accountant, and she worked for uh, one of the. I think it was, might have actually been the literal studio. I think she might have worked at Elstree, and so she used to get me onto to sets when Brilliant. me and my mum would go and visit when I was very small. So I don't remember. I don't have any pictures of me on the set of Alien. Damn it! But uh, I was on the set of that, and so when Aliens came out on VHS, my mum rented it and said, "Oh, we should watch this because you were on set of the first one." <laughs> it's like, and so we watched it together. I don't know how old I was, but I was young, and obviously I might have scarred me. But I think I, I, I she, she told me not to look during, frankly, a lot of the film. I think. Um, but there's something about that film that just captivated me. And it's a combination of Horner's score, the Foley artistry, which for that film is nearly flawless. Yeah. Just the, 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 the Marines, the texture of the Marines, the characters of the Marines. I became obsessed with Vasquez. So I remember when I saw it, 
I got my mum to go out. Uh, we went around all these different shops, and I ended up in this 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 sports shop in Wealdstone, and I bought shin pads and fingerless weightlifting gloves so I could be Vasquez. <laughs> but the shin pads were my marine armour, and you know she has the little fingerless gloves, yeah, yeah. and I would pretend to be Vasquez. <laughs> Did you have the bandana Absolutely. as well? I was, yes, I was pretending to be a Hispanic, well, Hispanic the character, not the actor. <laughs> that's a whole other story. Uh, a Hispanic woman, that's that's what I was role-playing as or cosplaying as. Um, but uh, yeah, I just everything about that film captivated me to the point where I rented that film about 50 times from the video store near me, which was called literally the video store. Brilliant. And it got to the point where the guy said, it would literally be cheaper if you just bought the tape because they were 100 quid each, those kind of non-sell-through rentable tapes. He said it would literally at this point be cheaper if you just bought the tape <laughs> and took it home because renting it every week is, is frankly insane. But I did, and I love it, and I still love it, and it's great. So uh, uh, when you've seen Aliens, had your mum shown you Alien at that point? No. Oh, God, no. I mean, I think she knew where to draw the line. Yeah. Like, that's far too hardcore. Alien is much scarier than Aliens, right? Yes, like... it is. It is, by design. Yes, very much so. <laughs> I still think Aliens is very terrifying i i i i watched aliens very young when i shouldn't have done it's the bleep the, the, the bleep, bleep doesn't absolutely yeah. terrifies the me. incursion <laughs> into the hive early mm. on is very very frightening the lack of music and that when they first enter it's just yeah it's, it's yeah. so good um what's your favorite scene what's the one Oof, that's a very very difficult question to answer um i would say it would be a tie between two very similar scenes uh, it's not the get away from her, you bitch. It's actually a, a a tie between the original Hive incursion, where it's just like where they flame, Apone flames the the chest burster, and then mm. and then it's like movement, and it's the bit where the Hive wakes up. Yeah, you know that's the bit where it comes to life, and Dietrich goes, and Frost goes, and Wisbaski goes. All of them are like being killed one by one, and then they try and run, and only Vasquez and Drake have their guns and it's an absolute bloodbath so it's that and then it's the similar sequence where it's like five meters man four what the hell <laughs> when they're in the ceiling and then they you yeah, know yeah. they attack them in operations that's that's mag i think both of those scenes are just master classes in in tension and how to execute action sequences yeah it's just it's just a brilliant it looks it still it dates so well i watched it mm. read today and just like you said the aliens don't really turn up for an hour it just builds tension and it builds character well and and this is this is where james cameron while i would never seek to contradict him this is where he's wrong oh because he uh i, I had a chat with him once about this and i was like you know do you what's your what's your preferred version is it is it the, the special edition or the theatrical car and he was like it's definitely the special edition i was like is it though like really <laughs> i mean because gail ann heard when he had to cut it back said to him you need to lose the reel where newt's parents find the ship because A, it saves you time, like lose all the Hadley's Hope stuff, like all of the colony stuff, just cut it. Because A, it cuts your runtime, but also you've had this massive amount of tension because you have no earthly fucking idea. I mean, you kind of do because it's on the box and it says this time it's war. But <laughs> you have no idea what they're going to find when they get to the planet. Yeah. Whereas if you've seen the colonists and if you've seen them find the ship, you know exactly what they're going to find. And that's no longer as stressful. And I think the fact that you don't know, the fact that it is nearly an hour before you actually get there, because it's such a slow burn, it is such a pressure cooker. Mm. And it's so stressful when they finally get into the complex. And for the same reason, I think the hamster scene, which is only in the special edition, doesn't work for similar reasons, because it's, it, it's a kind of fake out, but then you follow it with the new fake out. It's like, 
why would you follow a fake out with a fake out? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense at all. So you lose the first fake out and then the second fake out is genuinely scary. Mm. So again, I, I don't I don't understand why put those back in. The sentry guns, absolutely, they're brilliant. The sequence where they talk about Ripley's daughter, again, I think that adds... I know Scorny Weaver was not happy that that got cut. I think that adds a certain amount of punch to her emotional arc because she's lost her daughter at the beginning and she's gained a daughter by the mm. end. I think that's, yeah. you know, that's a valuable edition and I definitely have that back. So I would like to see a special, special edition where we keep the good stuff, sentry guns, Ripley's daughter, and lose the other shit. The James Dark. Uh, I was... Yeah, yeah, exactly that. So I think I think we did new a new aliens release. I think you're right. I think like the the introduction of Newt in that you don't know what she's been through. You don't mm. know what that little girl has been through, and that kind of like introduction to her. You're like, hang on a second, this is this is serious. Like some bad stuff has happened here. And I think if they show you all that, it it's your imagination is always worse than what yeah. Edwin F. Exactly. shows you, right? So, mm. yeah, I think by showing it, it kind of ruins it a little bit. It and does. then the, they mostly come at night, mostly. Mostly. Doesn't, like, it's very doesn't have the... <laughs> it, just, is. it gives me it shivers thinking about it now, and it doesn't do that if you if you know what's happened. Yeah, I know? agree. No. How often do you watch this, James? Is it a, a yearly mean, thing now? I don't know that I have a specific time. The last time I saw it was in... 2021 that was the last time i watched it i watched uh alien one night i was showing them to someone and i watched aliens the night after did you show them alien free um, uh no we stopped <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, like, i've got time the, the assembly cart of alien free is actually decent yeah. like, it's not brilliant but it's it's so much better than the theatrical cart that's decent uh, alien resurrection is not a good film but it has some good stuff in it uh and you know I mean, it's, it's diminishing returns, isn't it? Like, mm. it peaks with aliens, and really, you can kind of stop that. It's tough to, yeah, better this. But people did get, did give it a go, and they've made some weird choices, like killing Newt and whatever. Uh, and yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah that, 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 was a, that was a very stupid thing to do. But then, you know, they wanted to tell a very different story. So, you know, fair play to them. But no, I don't, that didn't work for me. Also, it takes some of the... I mean, I, weirdly, I, I in my head, I don't even consider that to be canonical. Like, I don't think oh yeah hicks and yeah, yeah they're gonna die on mm. the way back no i don't i don't accept that <laughs> uh, that's that's a separate canon for me that's like an alternate timeline i don't i, I don't hold with that how do you feel about the the prequels there prometheus and uh prometheus i actually like uh it's flawed but the thing is i like it for a kind of hard sci-fi movie in its own right not as an alien film yeah mm. i kind of because again frankly it doesn't really feel like one so i kind of like it for what it is Whereas Covenant, I didn't like because then it's very overtly an alien film. I was like, well, this is very good. Whereas, whereas I thought, um, you know, Bar Charlie's there on refusing to run sideways away from a rolling donut thing. Uh, bar that, I was quite on board with most of the Prometheus stuff. Yeah, and the map expert getting lost and the yeah, I mean, it's just biologists like, like <laughs> picking stuff up. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just everyone in it is just a bit stupid. A little bit yeah. stupid. Yes. So, so when you uh, spoke to James Cameron, was it about aliens or was it about his career and and did oh, a few times the first time i mentioned it was uh it was an avatar for the original film uh, an avatar interview and then i've since i've done a career interview with him before it actually was for was for the the re-release uh the remaster the 3d remaster of terminator 2 and uh i just started talking about aliens he was at one point he was like can we talk a bit more about terminator 2 i was like yeah absolutely and then the next thing i asked was about aliens <laughs> it's just like because he said you know because we talked about sequels I said well of course the best sequel is aliens he's like you're at it again yeah I was like, i'm sorry i don't know what i'd to have tell so you. many questions about his just his his experience yeah. on set of that film because the making of is of aliens is is 
sounds chaotic with the British crew and the uh, their, their cake trolley or whatever. Um, <laughs> you didn't see any of this on your visit, then your your aunt. <laughs> on Avatar, no, no Avatar, so I actually, I, well, no, I no, I didn't see. It. Well, I might have done. I don't know. I was uh, that was that was a really Scott film, so like, I might have been hardcore oh, yeah, in a different way. Point. But I think the bigger problem with Aliens was that screw had worked with that screw. That crew had worked with uh, with Ridley Scott. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like they were an, they, and they were like, "Who's this kid? Who's this Canadian kid who's coming?" Like, "Fuck that! Who are you?" Uh, and I think you know there were there were a lot of egos. There was the fact that Cameron you know, this is passion for him. Like what he was doing was massive. It was a hugely important thing. It was the most important thing in his life. He was prepared to burn the candle at 15 different ends. And then you've got this very unionized crew who had their union mandated tea breaks (laughs) and they clocked off when they clocked off. And in his head, he didn't understand why they weren't prepared to give their absolute all to this thing that he loved because he was. Yeah. And I can understand from his point of view, that's intensely frustrating. Uh, and he's so passionate that I get why he was furious. I don't think kicking over the tea lady's trolley was necessarily the way to go, <laughs> but I know where it came from. I think also he's one of these directors where he's a nightmare for everyone on crew because he can do everyone's job probably a bit better than they can. Yeah, I bet he can. So, which I think is maddening to people that he sticks his oar in at every stage, whether it be VFX, whether it be you know the cinematography, he's looking at the standards, look at the concept designs. Like he's all over everything. And I imagine that level of control freakery makes people want to punch him. So is he quite an intense person when you interview him? Or is he is he fun? He's he's got a good sense of humour and he's incredibly bright, really articulate, really knowledgeable. He's a delight to interview. I remember asking him, I said, you know, obviously, you know, you were a bit of a fucking hard ass back in the day. I said, you know, now, you know, you're a vegan. And he interrupted me, he goes, Look, being a vegan, if anything, makes you more hardcore. It doesn't make you soft in the head. <laughs> Just gonna be eating fucking carob bars. I was like, all right, fair enough. Um but yeah, like he's got a good sense of humour, but also he's not the kind of person you would uh you would mess with. He's also, he knows his shit yeah, as well. He's a film like, you fan. don't go into a camera interview you unprepared i can tell you that because uh, you will not survive okay do you would you like to see him return to the alien franchise um i mean i think you know he'd have to finish avatar 15 before he yeah do that. <laughs> uh so i don't think he's likely to do that would i like to see him go back to friends you know what i know because i feel like it's done Hmm. I don't think there's anything more to do in that world. I think we have Alien, we have Aliens, and there are some other films. And I kind of feel like I don't really get excited by returns to that world anymore because at best you're looking at a kind of three-star, oh, yeah, it's fine. You know, that that yeah. feels like... And I just... I don't need it. Like, we have two perfect films, hmm. and I feel like that's all we need. That's we don't all you need, need yeah. it. Same with Terminator. I feel like you've got Terminator 1, you've got Terminator 2, and just stop. Just walk away. There's no need for any of the rest of this shit. Yep. Just two perfect films with a perfect ending, done. Because if you keep on going, you end up with Alien versus Predator Requiem. And well, just nobody needs that. Nobody needs that. <laughs> but there's a, there's a new one coming, isn't there? They, they're filming it at the moment somewhere? Yeah. I can't. Yeah, there's, 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 there's more on the way. And, and I, I sometimes feel like we'll never not get more. There'll be TV shows. There'll be films. They will keep on flogging this IP to death until they, can, you know, until they stop making money out of yeah. it. Um, but look, hey, I could be wrong because I, I said a long time ago we were done with Predator. Like Predator, mm. one of the greatest action films of all time. Everything since then has been rubbish. And then Prey came along and you're like, oh, fuck, this is really good. Yeah. And like, So actually you can go back to something, do something different and breathe fresh life into it. So, you know, if we could get like a Prey version of an alien film, I mean, I'd be here for that. Definitely. Alien versus pri- pirates or something. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> something crazy like that. Before we go on to our worst sequel, 
that I've got mm. a quick question. It's it's gets, it gears up to the worst. But what's been your most disappointing sequel? So it doesn't have to be your worst sequel. I mean, it it's it's definitely <laughs> the same <laughs> film, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, look, let's be honest. Like so, and fat weirdly, what you've hit upon there is a slight problem because Rise of Skywalker is not the worst sequel I've ever seen because of course it isn't because I've mm. seen dozens of straight-to-video films which are a million times worse because the rise of skywalker is not a terrible film it's a three-star film it's good it's fine like there's actually a lot to recommend it but it is without a doubt the most disappointing sequel i've ever seen so the reason why it's on my hate list is because it wasn't what i wanted it to be right it's yeah. not because it's a terrible film okay that makes sense that makes sense it's not terribly made is it it's no it's very yeah, it's, it's, it's well, well made, made but it's, it's just, just i i it's frustrating <laughs> Because for me, the storytelling is unsophisticated. Mm. And like, so JJ Abrams, I've got a lot of time for. I think he's a, he's a really talented storyteller and a great filmmaker. And what he did with uh, Force Awakens was what we wanted and what we needed. Yeah. Now, yes, it hit a lot of familiar beats and it was essentially a remake of the original Star Wars. But if you're going to re remake a film, there are worse films to remake. Yeah, yeah. But what it did was it recaptured the feeling of Star Wars. Like when I watched The Force Awakens, I had the warm and fuzzies. Mm. I was there. Like I came out, I had this just huge beatific grin on my face all the way through that film for all of its flaws and it was glorious like Chewie we're home I was like oh, oh you know and then Han dies like ah like so many things happened the feelings the emotional roller coaster that I went through with that film, I did not have with The Last Jedi. Now, I love The Last Jedi. I think it's a fantastic film. I think it's a brilliant piece of filmmaking, but it didn't feel like Star Wars in the same way. It felt like something fresh. It felt like something new. In many ways, it was kind of like the Andor of the film things, where they'd gone out of left field and they made this kind of grown-up thing, which wasn't what I wanted, but it was what I needed. <laughs> And yeah, I came out I of that, that and I was like, wow, this hasn't given me the warmer fuzzies. And I feel a little bit cold and detached from it, but I think it's a better film. <laughs> uh, and I was like, I'm impressed by it, but it just didn't land with me emotionally. And I've rewatched it many times. I, I still don't connect with it in the warm and fuzzy way, but I think yeah. it's a fantastic piece of filmmaking. I agree with you. And I think the, the thing I really hated was the fact that Luke Skywalker just gets really tired and dies. <laughs> and <laughs> since becoming a parent, I just really understand You're that. You're like, yeah, I, I get that now. I <laughs> yeah. feel you. I feel seen by that. I just want to <laughs> fall over and just vanish and just have my clothes fall in a heap on the floor. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a genuinely great film. It's got a great sense of humour. I think it's fantastic. It's controversial. A lot of people didn't like it. And I think part of that is because it didn't feel like the Star Wars they wanted. It wasn't what they yeah. wanted it to be. Mm. Uh, but then you have this situation where, and I, and I, I quite respect Ryan Johnson for this. Um, and I wrote the Empire Features for all three of the sequel films. But I respect the fact that he looked at that first film and he said, I don't like that. I don't like that. I do like this. I do like this this is what I'm going to take away and this is what I'm going to leave behind. Mm. And he told what he wanted to tell. What I thought was not great is J.J. Abrams then came back and went, no, 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 no. <laughs> Let's retcon all of this shit that you changed. Let's bring that back. So like, he was like, well, we've got Adam Driver. Why would we hide Adam Driver behind a mask? Let's smash his mask, J.J. Nope, we've got to fix that. And he was like, this Ray's parents thing, it's hoary and shit. Her parents were no one. They were not important, whatever. And J.J.'s like, no, 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 I think you're fine. Somehow Palpatine has returned. And you're like, no, what are you doing? And it yeah. felt like all of the interesting things that Johnson had done, Abrams kind of then undid and johnson was like snoke is not interesting let's just kill him and then jj was like no no let's, let's bring back super snoke <laughs> and it's just i don't know it felt i don't think it was petty and petulant and i don't think this is what he intentionally did 
because he never intended to do that film. Yeah, right? yeah. It was Colin Trevorrow who was supposed to do it. And I've mm. read Trevorrow's script, actually. And it's, in, it's imperfect. Like, people go, oh, it would have been this amazing... It, no, it, it, it was weird. Yeah, that's in Jurassic uh, World it, Dominion. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not, don't get me wrong. I don't think it would have been a masterpiece. I think it had some more interesting ideas. But equally, I think Rise of Skywalker has some interesting ideas that are never developed. For me that film should have been about Ray being drawn to the dark side by Ben Solo and him mm. being drawn to the light by her and then meeting in the middle. So that bit where she is force pulling the transport and like shoots like force lightning, you're like, oh my fucking Christ. That is the film I wanted to see. When yeah. they're fighting on that sort of drowned Star Destroyer, the Death Star wreckage, sorry, uh, when they're doing that, that, that's the film I wanted to see. It's all about those two. It's that relationship. It's the dyad in the Force. It's all the good stuff from Last Jedi. And that's what you want. But instead, you get Finn titting about on fucking horses. <laughs> you get, like, it's just, it's nonsense. And then you get this ridiculous cloned Palpatine thing, which leans into the worst sci-fi trope ever, which is that everyone knows everyone. It's not just the world, it's the universe, and yet mm. everyone's related to everyone. It's the most incestuous thing imaginable. And it makes it all feel smaller, and it takes the magic away from it. It's like, you don't need her to be the Emperor's daughter. And nope. you like, and the bit at the end, Ray Skywalker, it's like, mm. that's not how names work. What are you doing? <laughs> what The line should have been, it's Ray, just Ray. Yes, yes because then absolutely. She's, Amen. She's drawing a line underneath everything, <laughs> saying Palpatine was, you know, was my dad, but fuck him. Like, I'm yeah. my own person. And that, for me, has resonance. Not, oh, I'm just going to take the surname of this bloke that I knew for a couple of weeks a while ago for no real reason. Just, no. 100%. 100%. When she said that in the cinema, I couldn't hold it in, and I actually audibly just went, Oh fuck off! <laughs> and it, all she needed to say was, "It's just Ray." Yeah, and that was just right. infinitely better movie. But just yeah. one line, like, I uh, just, I totally agree with everything you've said. Like, it's just, yeah. <laughs> we, we argue about this a lot because Ben Travis in our office will defend the Rise of Skywalker till the day he dies. No. He loves it. No, uh, and you know what? Bless him. I love that he loves it. Yeah, I'm that glad that he can get joy from it. But. I, I cannot. And, you know, I did the feature. I interviewed everyone for it. I was so invested in this film. And I was crushed when I came out of that screening. Absolutely crushed by it. Because it just felt like... It felt like fan fiction writing. It felt like, yeah, and then the Emperor has come back and it's the Emperor again and then they're doing this. And look, there's yeah. good stuff in it. Like I said, like the fight when Kylo Ren and Rey are together, you know, fighting the Knights of Ren, that's cool. It's not on a level with them fighting the Praetorian Guard in last jedi mm. but it's cool mm. uh and there's good stuff in there all the sunken death star stuff that's great when you see dark ray that's that's a tantalizing glimpse again of what this film could have offered you i just feel like it, it makes a lot of i don't want to say lazy choices maybe easy choices yeah and i just think that's a shame i would like to have seen them do that thing where okay here's the obvious thing let's part that and see if we can do something better yeah. and i feel like maybe they didn't do that i will however concede it was rushed because J.J. Abrams had very little time to do the story uh, and they were a bit unprepared for it. He didn't really want to do it. Um, so That's crazy, you know, it? it, it's 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 a difficult thing. But weird, weirdly, where I always come back to on this, I do not understand a world in which Disney pays so much money for Lucasfilm, largely because they can do Star Wars sequels, right? Like That, yeah. was, that was the main driving force between buying Lucasfilm. Yeah, yeah. And then they, they do a film... The Force Awakens. And at no point do they think, do you know what? 
let's at least sketch out the story for these three. <laughs> yeah. You know, just, just bear with me. Bear with me. It's controversial. Let's just, on the back of a napkin, let's just, just put a few bullet points, maybe just a vague idea where this is going. They're like, no, 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 no. We'll just do one film and then we'll just make this fucking shit up when we make the second one. Like, I... It feels like, you know, that that, ex, that writing exercise where you write a paragraph and then it passes to the next person and they continue the story yeah. and it'll be like, and, you know, he was at the funeral and then aliens came down and abducted everyone. And then it's like, it's these violent whiplash-inducing tonal shifts. Mm. And that's what this is. And I think if nothing else, the sequel trilogy is an argument for kind of unified storytelling. Like, plan this shit out. It's not a TV show. There's no danger of being cancelled. You could have planned this shit out and I don't understand why you did Yeah. Yeah. There's no danger of being cancelled because you are the you are the network essentially. Oh, yeah, like, you don't cancel yourself. But yeah, you're right. You're completely right. I do have to ask: when you write in a feature like this, how much information are you getting from the studio? Like, how many like spoilers or tidbits are you getting? Did you know about Emperor before the the, the Emperor trailer that was released at? D23 or whatever it was. I mean, I was at D23 and that's when I found oh, out wow. when uh, when Imitim had walked out and he was like, play it again. <laughs> and you're like, Wah! Uh You know, which, which is when we find out the name of the film as well. So uh, uh, I was out there to do interviews. So I was like, oh my God, which changed all my interviews. And I had to ask questions about all of that. But no, they don't tell us anything. Like it varies. Like if you've been on set of a film, which I wasn't for these because JJ wouldn't allow any press on set, that is still a sore point. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I... Um, yeah, so JJ doesn't do spoilers. Uh, he's very spoiler-phobic, so I knew very little. Some actors are more discreet than others, but again, with something like Star Wars, they tend to be quite cautious. Yeah, but they're signed up. So generally, with all three of those, going into them, I knew precious little. I knew tidbits. I knew scraps, um, but not not loads. No. Does that make it harder to write a feature on it? No, it's much better. The worst thing in the world, the worst thing in the world is writing a feature about a film you've seen. Really? That's okay. the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Because you need to be able to have that sense of excitement, that sense of unopened presence in front of you. And I think once you've seen it, it's hard to maintain that level of, you know, sort of squee-inducing anticipation. It's like, oh, I've seen it. I'm, I'm done. Like, yeah. I'm finished. It feels to me like that's, you know, you, you, you watch it and then you 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 kind of you write the feature you get excited then you watch the film and that's the end of the journey right like i feel that's that's the natural conclusion if you watch the film and then someone says oh can you please write 3000 words on this you're like oh do i have to <laughs> right, so no i i wouldn't i will always like to go in blind to these things uh, so you're still excited and your imagination's running wild and is that what it was like going into that press screen and you were still hopeful had oh, yeah. you heard any like well no so mumbles? helen so certainly for for uh force awakens helen reviewed it and she saw it in the morning of the day that we saw it and i basically said to her you're not allowed to talk to me you're not allowed to text me you're not allowed to fucking look at me because i don't want to <laughs> yeah. see anything in your eyes so i basically made her just literally i said don't i don't don't fucking make eye contact with me just go away i wouldn't have anything to do with her until i'd seen it because i didn't want to see like the hint of disappointment or anything in her eyes from it um so no i i deliberately knew nothing going into to any of them even even Rise of Skywalker. So you sat even Rise you of sat in the Rise of yes. Skywalker press screening, got yep. your sweets, exciting, got your little Star Wars smile on, probably maybe a t shirt, yep. who knows? Uh I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> and then the end. Was it and again, Phantom Menace hate at the end, like 
or was it no like i say like have a meal, talk it, it wasn't Helen. it wasn't hate at the end of phantom menace i was maybe slightly underwhelmed but i'd seen a new star wars mm. and bear in mind when phantom menace came out like star wars had been off our screens for a long time yeah yeah, yeah. the only thing we had had in that interim was timothy sarn's out of the empire novels which was like 91 to whatever it is like 95 those books were those were the only things that kept the star wars fires burning so star wars coming back there was a big fucking deal this was slightly different. Do you know what I mean? Like Star Wars had been around. Like by that point, we'd had, you know, Solo, we'd had Rogue One. There'd been quite a bit of Star Wars. So, you know, I didn't f- feel that sense of magic from it. For me, I just wanted that series to conclude in a satisfying manner. It didn't. And it didn't. It didn't. So, and yeah, I was, I was not happy. Now, just got announced the other day at Star Wars Celebration that they're going to mm. do a follow-on of Rey's story. They are. Are you excited for yeah. that? Yeah. I am actually because I actually think she's one of the better things. I thought her and Kylo Ren kept those things tight. Those were the characters I loved. Mm. Everyone else I could kind of take or leave, but those two I thought were great, and the dynamic between them was great. Obviously, he's not around anymore, but uh, I, yeah, I'm interested to see what what Ray did next. So mm. actually, I'm more excited by that than I am about Filoni's, you know, Filoniverse film where he's going to draw together, you know, Mando, Boba Fett, Ahsoka, all of that. I think the one that interests me most is. This one in the so at the very end of the timeline, and then the one at the very very beginning of the timeline, looking at the dawn of the Jedi. So that's uh, that interests me. That'd be exciting. Do you think we're going to finally find out what Finn wanted to tell Ray at any point? <laughs> I want Finn to come. Out. No, no disrespect to Finn, but like that that character. By the end of it, it just got like they are just finding things for this character. To I do. just want to know what uh, he wanted to tell Ray. He's it's just, fine. He's going, I've got something to tell you. What? What? What have I've you got, got to, to tell, tell her? <laughs> it was my lightsaber. I should have been the Jedi. I'm still fucked up about it. That's what he was going to say. <laughs> got another little question for you. Is there a, a franchise or a sequel that you hated the first one, but the second, third one, fourth one got you back into it? Ooh. I mean, the answer to that is almost certainly yes, though I'm sure I can't think of one. Uh, I would say Fast and Furious, but that would be untrue because I love the Fast and the Furious. The first one I thought was great. It's Point Break with cars. I love it. Me too. Agreed. Uh, and then obviously two was rubbish and three was rubbish and then you get, and then suddenly Fast Five comes along and you're like, what happened here? Because <laughs> this is amazing, but it's definitely not the same series. Um, so, I mean, yeah, so that, that's gone from, from sublime to ridiculous, but in a good way. It's our, it is our Fast and Furious question. It does seem to pop up. Yeah, it's 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 wild. <laughs> but again, like I say, I think it's a very different saga at the beginning, but I like the first film a lot. It's in some ways a bit generic, but it's great. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a really good film. Um, but yes, I mean, I, I do I do think this is a thing that happens, uh, that you do get films which kind of misfire and then sort of pick up pace as they go along. But I, honestly, off the top of my head, I uh, I can't think of any other examples. We were watching the uh, the Planet of the Apes at the moment films. So we're doing feature yeah, on yeah. that. Well, uh, that's not a bad shout. Matt Reeves's ones because again the first one is a bit hit or miss. Second one is fantastic, and the third one's really good as well. So. Well, I was thinking about the originals. Yeah, we oh, the original films. Watch yeah. them because yeah, one's good, two's awful, and then three's mm-hmm. pretty interesting. And then I haven't watched four and five yet. <laughs> that, that, it's downhill sharp, David. That, <laughs> don't ruin it. But yeah, the, the other dawn, dawn rise, dawn war. Yeah, oh, the, the the nomenclature of those films is fucking ridiculous. It's rise, then dawn, then war. Except the so the rise comes before the dawn, and then even though the last one is called war, the war is actually in dawn yeah. and not in war. <laughs> it's just like who, what the fuck? But yeah, those are great films. Well, the second two. 
Yeah. Oh, not the first one? The first one's fine. The first one is, is resoundingly three stars, I think. And then I think it really takes off when you get into the kind of post-apocalyptic ape-run world. I love the second one. I think Dawn is, is fantastic. It's really fucking bleak. Though. Yeah. That was the last one. <laughs> and now they're doing another one of them as well. King Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Can never. I'm I'm here for it. I'm I'm. My doors are always open to new apes films. <laughs> it's never. It's Same. never ending yeah, at all. <laughs> what is your dream sequel? I mean, do I have a dream sequel? Would be a better question. I mean, the example <laughs> I gave you, the one I gave you, was Matilda, which was the uh, the mooted sequel to Leon, which is one of my all time favorite films. Um, problematic as it is, uh, but I um, this was one where Besson wanted to make it, and they were waiting for Natalie Portman to get a bit older because they mm. wanted her to be kind of like in her latter teenage years, and it was going to be about her, I think, going after the cartel behind Stansfield, yeah. uh, and sort of like killing everyone. She's at that point, she's working as a as a sort of like, as a cleaner. You know, she's killing for money. That's what she does at that point, uh, and it all fell foul of the sexiest of things, which is IP ownership. Uh, that Luke Besson fell out with Galmont, which was the, the the they owned the rights to Leon, and so they refused to let him make it. So he retooled it as Colombiano, which was the Zoe Saldana film, mm. uh, which unfortunately isn't very good. No. Uh, but uh, that, you know, broadly speaking, is what Matilda could have been. I'd like to think Matilda would have been better, you know, and obviously different. They did retool it, but uh, I think a lot of the beats exist in that. Have film. you ever sat there and wondered what you want from that film? What would and for me, not particularly. For me, it's more about spending more time with that character. Like I think Matilda's great. I love Leon so much. I think it's a, a great film. That's another one with a, a shall we say, an interesting director's cut. I don't know if you've seen the version. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the restaurant. We were talking about that the weekend. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean. So people tend to focus on an odd thing with that. Like they focus on the well. See, when you watch that, Matilda's absolutely complicit in the murder of people. Like she's no longer an innocent. I'm like, also, she offers to have sex with him. Can we? Can we? Can we get him? maybe focus on the important things here i said that's really the thing that i took away from it and that film is already problematic because bearing in mind that it has been said and i think this has been said openly so i'm not libeling anyone uh but but it's the inspiration for that relationship in leon was luke besson's wife at the time Hmm. who he had begun dating when she was 15 so so many problems there so many many problems uh but she i believe she said oh yeah the character was inspired by me and you're like whoa (laughs) <laughs> that's not awkward at all and now i'm gonna have to watch that uh and have that in my head but there's something i think the thing that stops that film from being extremely creepy is that because leon himself the way um Jean-Renaud plays him he is so inherently childlike mm-hmm. that it's more like she's an actual child and he is a big child he is someone who has never really even though he kills people for a living he's never really grown up and he's quite simplistic and so they almost relate on a level so and he's yeah. i mean he's asexual in the film so it's not it's not like you know it's not as pedo as it, it frankly sounds uh when you tell people the story of it um and there's something like when he's teaching her the craft of murder like he doesn't really think about it as oh this is really not for a 12 year old girl it's just that's what he knows that's his craft that's his skill and he feels like he's giving her a gift hmm. uh you know and the morality of it is kind of neither here nor there yeah also he, he, he kills bad people no women no kids it's fine yeah who among us can say we've not done that (laughs) (laughs) the sense i get with like the the dodginess of of leon is that is that luke besson is dodgy 
and but the movie the movie is tempered back from him I mean, you know I, I just uh, hang on that's my lawyer on the phone yeah. I'll maybe leave that alone uh, but I mean you that you may be onto something you may be onto something but it's a, it's a it's a glorious film I think the theatrical version is glorious I I find the 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 longer version the international version, an interesting cure. I love the fact that they've unified the titles. So this was Leon in the UK. It was the professional in the US. And now it just mm. seems to be Leon the professional. Yeah. They've just crashed those two things together uh, for its legacy title, which is interesting. Would you be anyway interested of seeing an older Natalie Portman? So maybe around now, she's about 40, 45 now, I think. Mm. Would that interest you, that kind of film? Like imagine, Possibly. imagine a, like a John Wicky, like that seems to be in... <laughs> Maybe I would be curious to see it. Like again, it's one of these things. There's a risk with all this stuff, as people always say. They always say, like you know, oh, but you know, having a bad sequel doesn't take away from the original. It's, except it fucking does, doesn't it? Because you then can't watch that original without thinking, oh, this is where it goes. Mm. Uh, so there's always risk. I think when I always call it pissing in the swimming pool, when people you know like sully this thing that you love or, or try and expand upon it. And I think demystification is the worst thing you can do. Like, I think a lot of stuff like leaving threads dangling, that's great drama. Yeah. You want something where you watch it and you don't fully understand it. I don't know if you saw Shining Girls, the adaptation of Lauren Butte's Shining Girls on Apple. Mm. Um, but they, th some significant changes are made from the books there. And a lot of dangling threads are never really explored or explained. And you can't get the answers from the book because it's changed quite a lot. But that's why I became utterly obsessed with that series because there are no answers. You know, there you can draw your own conclusions and, you know, there's enough there that you feel there's something there, but you don't quite, can't quite get a handle on it. What I don't want from that is three spin-off series as a movie which absolutely spell out absolutely <laughs> everything in mythology because then you've ruined it. Like, you've ruined it for me doing that. Yeah. Sure, I get to spend more time in that world, but you've now ruined it. So don't do that. <laughs> and, you know, it may, Leon is not a puzzle box, but... Do we need to see what happened to Matilda? Or actually, is it more interesting to see her go off, plant the plant, give it roots, and potentially have a normal life that he's kind of almost provided for her? Maybe that's just yeah. where we need to Could be it. a comedy. Yeah. Maybe it a could. A romantic comedy. <laughs> We've, I think we've had some people Dave, pick... A, well, you never know. We've had some people pick this before, and they've kind of thrown like a, a Godfather 2 prequel sequel at us and that sounded quite good so like you're intercut with a young um leon basically in the french resistance or something this was some guys uh, oh good god yeah uh and get into the, kill it with fire yeah <laughs> get to the point of him being trained as an assassin but also you know cutting like godfather 2 the older uh natalie portman doing kind of the same thing but hunting down the people yeah that i love the fact that he's supposed to be italian in that film is he leon is supposed to be he's not supposed to be french he's supposed to be an italian hitman really despite clearly no, sounding not. french and having a fucking accent on the e of his name yeah <laughs> there's even a line in the film where he says the same italian hitman uh, and you're just like he's so french it's not even funny <laughs> That should blow my just world. Just blown Dave's mind. Yeah. I do think it was weird that they went to the, the Italian restaurant every time. It's like, yeah, it's mm. mad. It's mad that he's supposed to be Italian. Yeah, it makes no sense at all. Plus, if you do, Don't yeah, know. if you do a sequel, how how do you top Gary Oldman? How do you go bigger yeah, than that? with great difficulty? It. With great difficulty. Those were James Dyer's unequal sequels. I mean, classics, classic oh. picks. Like, like, yeah, very kind of classy choices. 
Aliens, probably one of the best sequels, if not the best sequel ever made. Can't Rise of Skywalker, actually. big old pile of toilet, and he hates it as much as I do. <laughs> and Leon, which has been a quite a popular choice, I think, for a sequel. I think lots of people would like to see a, a yeah. sequel to Leon. Thank you for James coming on, talking to us. It's always exciting to get someone on from the Empire Magazine, Empire Podcast for we me. We will get the whole Empire crew. On the- they're all coming on because I'm such a massive fa- uh, fan and I'm a nerd boy around them. Uh, but in the man loves aliens. He loves James Cameron films. He's Yeah, he's passionate about aliens, and especially when you see it when you're proper, proper young. Uh, I think everyone who's seen aliens and who truly loves aliens watched it when they shouldn't have watched it it always seems to be a point in their life when uh they were underage like eight or Uh, nine i did not no you watched it when like you're a 26 year old man (laughs) yes that is true (laughs) (laughs) still love it though still think it's great it is easily it is easly in like the unequal sequel hall of fame for best sequels big time when someone says they want to pick that we're like well that's yes that's a of course of course Yeah, of course you of course you do. Is it our most popular choice for best sequel? It's definitely getting up there now. It was definitely slow going at the beginning. No one picked it for mm. ages. Uh, and then lots of people picked it. And yeah. then if you start talking about aliens, you you start talking about Terminator 2 as well. It's always they come in this game, same conversation, isn't it? Because it's James Cameron. Um, yeah. But uh, yes, I liked his stories. Thank you, James, for coming to talk to that his worst and the man really hates Rise of Skywalker which is fair <laughs> it's his most disappointing his most hated um, I think every, it's amazing how many people hate that film and it's always the same reasons we hate it as well uh, do you know what it wasn't planned I think that might be one of our most hated as well it must be it, at this point it must be I think Jurassic World Dominion is coming up fast true true <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah lots of people hate rise of skywalker we didn't even get like we asked james what was his most disappointing and we went straight into this <laughs> so that's how much he hates it and there was no stopping him uh and then yeah leon leon is a is an interesting one for a, a dream sequel because i think the groundwork's been laid but mm. sadly we'll never get it uh, we'll never get a Luke Besson one, definitely not. I learned out some, uh, something new in that conversation, though, that I didn't know he fell out with his or the production company, so he doesn't actually own the rights to Leon. No. Or something like that. Probably not. Probably means we're more likely to get a sequel, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it's not going to happen. Unless Natalie Portman comes out tomorrow and says, do you know what? I fancy doing that now. And that's yeah. the only way that film's going to happen. Uh but I, I kind of like to see it. But you know, Luke Besson is also cancelled. I think. Yeah. So bad person. Bad yeah. person. Uh, thank you, James, for coming on. Thank you. We've been chasing James for a while. <laughs> oh, we have definitely. Yeah, like all like all uh, good Empire people, we are always chasing to get. Do you know what I love about the Empire people? Was once you they're on, you can literally just press play and they just <laughs> <Yeah>. go. <laughs> we don't have to say much. <laughs> So there's no ums and ahs. It's just easy week for us because we're like, oh, yeah. And they're so like (laughs) they know James knows his shit as well, and he's so passionate about his shit. He's a massive geek, Uh, and we've had like we've had Boyd on from Pilot TV as well. Yeah. Uh, So we know the good fun. Uh, If you want extra, James, 
Go listen yeah. to another slice. Get yourself onto anotherslice.com forward slash unequal sequel where you can subscribe to our subscription service. It's only two ninety nine a month, which is incredible value. It really is. For that, you get a sequel to every one of our interview episodes from last season and this season. You also get box set mentality where we look into a different box set every single month and and look at the different movies in that and give give them some ratings we've just finished doing the planet of the apes box set and we're looking for a new one there'll be a new one coming soon um and there's also disenfranchised which is our uh where we look at movies that should have had a franchise but didn't for some reason and uh yeah i'm enjoying that one quite an interesting one isn't it that's always quite an interesting one. Yeah, so go get along there. Two ninety it's only two ninety nine a month. Extra us, extra James Dyer. Um, go along and have a listen. It's it's really worth it. If you don't have that two ninety nine a month, that's no problem. This bit's always gonna be free. And also our extra episodes every Friday, they're also gonna be free as well. So make sure you hit the little subscribe button, the little auto download button, and we'll drop into your pod player of choice at least once a week. At the moment, twice a week. So you get double us. We're spoiling you. We're really spoiling you. Uh, get along to Twitter um, or Instagram. We are at Unequal Sequel. Let us know what you thought of James's picks. And we'll read out your comments in the end of month roundup, which we always do. You can also, if social media is not your thing, we have an email. UnequalSequel at Hotmail.com. Yes, that is Hotmail.com. Um, get in touch. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. And yeah, whilst you're there, fancy writing us a little review, tapping out a little, little what you think of the podcast. Nice stuff. Appreciated. Five stars, little tick, little heart, whatever it is in your pod player of choice. We'd really appreciate that. It helps other people find the podcast. Yeah, you can give us, you can slate us off, but give us five stars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say we're rubbish in the comments, but you know, it just gives us five stars. Anyway. Five yeah, stars yeah. rubbish because uh, <laughs> algorithm shit uh yeah thank you for listening go listen to the empire podcast with james and our other guests like chris hewitt and helen o'hara uh i think most of you probably do if you're listening to this go listen to pilot tv which is james man he watches so much movies and tv How i don't know the time his life sounds exhausting time job right like oh yeah, yeah fair point uh but that's also <laughs> brilliant that's got the brilliant boyd hilton also been on the podcast on uh Go check out their podcasts. Go read Empire Magazines, the one of the best magazine uh, film magazines out there. Rich, you got anything else to say? I do not. Or do I? Believe it or not, uh, I'm out of words. So it is a uh, a bye, a sincere bye, bye. I'm trying acting class. It seems so. Bye. And it is a bye from him. Bye. See you in the next one. Sequel to this one. We will be back. We will be back. Yeah. Doesn't really work as I'll be back, does it? No, no. We'll be back. They wouldn't, yeah. cast, wouldn't cast me as the Terminator. Small little no. ginger kid. No. Barely really. able to see over the, the counter in the, term, <laughs> in the, uh, the police office. <laughs> I need your clothes, your boots and your motorcycle. None of them will fit. <laughs> <laughs>